Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, good evening, welcome to Talking Cop, it's me, Chris Brack, and I'm here with my friends Matt, Gav, and Kev, and unusually, I don't think it happened today, so we have quite a quiet show, um, so it is the show we weren't really expecting to be doing for quite some time, uh, Jurgen Klopp has decided he is going to leave Liverpool at the end of the season, um, Kev, before I come to you, I'll, I'll, I'll lay the land for me, um, I've had an absolute shitter of a week, <laughs> I've been I've been looking forward to the weekend, and I'll be honest, Jurgen, I could have done without this. To be honest, how are you? <laughs> I was. Um, do you know what? I was going up to my father in law's this morning for uh, sorry, my stepfather's for breakfast with my missus and going to meet my sister. And whatever possessed me in the car to flick on the Telegram app, I did, and it was right at the exact second that Kevin Ball, or yeah, Kevin Ball, put a link into a tweet, to, and he just said. Klopp leaving at the end of the season. I was like, oh, fuck off, Kev. Talking nonsense here. You're you're after linking a tweet in from some gumbean on Twitter with a fake account. So I clicks into the Twitter account, checks the spelling, as you do, clicks into the icon at the top, Paul Joyce, 465,000 followers. I was like, oh, fuck. It's, it was that absolute sinky feeling because... Myself and Gav, we were only doing a, a members show Monday morning, weren't we? And we were talking about, right, we'll get Klopp boxed off, get him to extend, and then we'll work on Virgil, get Mo sorted out, get Trent sorted out. Young lads coming through, we're boxed off, we're gold, you know? And it was like, I was not ready for this conversation. I'm not ready for this discussion whatsoever. It's like... I, I wish you'd talk, you, Kev, if, if you're not ready for the discussion, I wish you'd talk about the podcast. That kind of sort of kills I, the show a little bit. But here's the thing. Last year, we were all talking about Mo Salah leaving. And, yeah. you know, it was 50-50 for a good, for a good while, you know? Mm-hmm. And you had the pros and cons of him going and what have you. We had endless discussions about him going. None of us, no one saw this coming. Anyone who says they did see this coming is a flat-out fucking liar. So... I don't know. It is. It's. I think it's got a. He's the. He's a once in a lifetime. He's a once in a generational man. A once in a generation manager. And we poxed getting him. We were absolutely pure poxed in getting him. And the odds of getting a version who is going to repeat what he's done. 
fucking hell. You know what I mean? Who knows? But we've got another few months to enjoy him. So just enjoy him for the next few months. It's anyone who can get to Anfield for the next three, four, three, four months. Any home game doesn't matter. It's Europa League game, FA Cup replay. Who gives a shit? You know, you got to go and try and see this guy while he's this, while he's still there. It's mad. Yeah, I'll come, Matt. I'll come to you because um, out of out of all, you're the eternal optimist, and quite frankly, Kev's just make me want to go get some vodka or something. I don't feel great now. Um, so I give you. I was in a work meeting, and um, I, I basically had my phone off, turned my phone on, and the first that flashed off my phone was Sky Sports News. Jurgen Klopp's leaving. I was like, ah, oh. so I didn't even have to. Is it real? Is it not? I literally had Sky Sports News app tell me. I was like, oh, shit. How did you find out, bud? Uh, well, I, this broke for you guys in the morning, so I'm minus five hours. So I was completely asleep when this broke. And so my alarm went off. I hit the snooze once or twice like I normally do. And then finally get out of bed and click the phone open. And I look at that little telegram bubble, and it's got like 189 unread messages in it. So the last... The last emotion that I experienced before learning of this news was, holy shit, we've signed somebody. Because that's normally in a transfer window when I wake up to 200 messages in the morning. Either Brian O'Sullivan and Gar have gone crazy over some menial thing that's going on the Talking Cop, Talking Chronicles, or we've signed somebody. And uh, yeah, it was, it was real quiet. I get the mornings to myself for a half hour, 40 minutes, and it was just sitting in the dark, in silence, and then going and having a smoke and just reading everybody else's reactions to it. But then, uh, because you did call me the eternal optimist, I watched this 24 minute, 25 minute interview video, and I'm so happy that I had that there immediately. I don't know what the, the gap was between you guys first hearing the news and being able to watch that video, but for me, it was, seconds it was right in the thread already and so i sat down and i watched that this morning and it was extremely helpful it was extremely helpful to hear from his words and with the sincerity in his voice why he's making this decision and it's not great but this is our reality now and we just gotta completely soak in the last couple months of the season 99 points 99 points <laughs> Gav, so um, I think I think since you did your initial um, show at twelve o'clock, I think a few more things come out. So, according to the reports now, I think it's Chris Bascom is now saying the players found out at ten thirty today, which was like surprising because I, I thought the club have known for a couple of months, but I, th- I suppose that would make sense because you kind of think of a, if a player knew, they like to tell an agent, it's like to leak out. So, this is also interesting how the players react. You're hoping it's going to be a Right, let's get these things won before he leaves. Mm. He he does he does the interview yesterday la, yesterday evening. Um, obviously he does it when when no one's around and like he can go in and do an interview anywhere and the players wouldn't know what's going on anyway. Yeah, I was kind of hoping the players knew for the last couple of weeks to be honest with you because the form they've shown, even though they know this would be would be a big plus in it all. Yeah. You know, I done I done a show this morning, or well, no, twelve twelve nil, bang on, myself and Robbie because it was just mad. Like I got up this morning, and I was telling the people earlier, I had a meeting, come off the meeting, looked, and there was a, I think it was an, I think it was might have been a notification from like live score or one of these popped up, 
And the first thing I was thinking was, how the fuck am I getting a live score, you know, notification? Like, you have all them turned off. And when I read it, I kind of read it and then didn't read it, if you know what I mean. Like, I was like, you know the way you can see half, you know the way in these notifications where you can see Jurgen Klopp leaving, and then I was like, that could be fucking leaving someone out of a squad or something, you know? Um, and then I just literally pushed onto Twitter, and as soon as I hit Twitter, the first thing to come up in front of me was just people's reaction. I was like, fuck me, this is real. Um, yeah, a couple of things have happened since, you know, um, the, the press conference. Um, if the players have found out yesterday, it's been very well kept between Klopp and the hierarchy in the club. He does the press conference today. And and you know what, my, I think it was hard to do a show at 12 o'clock today because it was still very raw. It was still very, you're trying to gather all your thoughts from all the different things you, you'd seen and that's because I'd seen a little bit of the 25 minute video and the press conference made me see, feel so much better about the whole thing. It clarified it so much. Um, mm. And the biggest thing to come out of it for me is like, don't forget me wrong, like losing Jurgen Klopp was, we knew it was coming one day, but we didn't think it'd be this quick. But no. to the end, the man is completely and utterly honest with the players he works with, the staff he works with, the people he works for, and the supporters by being very open as to what it takes to manage this football club. And if he feels he's 1% or 2% below that, um, I mean, he's probably a little bit more than that. He 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 feels he has to stand up and, and wouldn't just go through the motions for another three seasons because he could because he has a contract and he has that much credit in the bank that he probably wouldn't sack him and the other thing is that um, he people think he's putting himself forced I don't think he is I think he's putting the club forced genuinely yeah. I think he's putting the club forced I think he's looked and went right I need to, I, I can't do this um, I'm not a full tilt I don't think I can get back to full tilt and the best thing for this football club is to come out and say it yeah it will get it will it will help him in the future. I am um, living a normal life of some sort for whatever amount of time it will be. But he's he's basically decided Liverpool Football Club is more important than him, and more important than him having a job, and more important than you know him holding on to something that he doesn't feel he has full control. Is probably the wrong words because people will make out like that he's having control taken on, but but full grasp off if you get me um, from from his own side. So. Um, was very raw this morning, um, a little bit raw this afternoon. But after the after the press conference, it came out very very clearly that Jurgen Klopp has put Liverpool Football Club first, and he's decided that the best thing he's decided that the best thing for Liverpool Football Club is somebody other than a Jurgen Klopp not performing at a hundred percent and not having the drive to do everything that he has to do as a football manager for this football club. So it's a it's a tough day. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be, we'll get on to what we should do in the next four months. Um, I think we should completely ignore who you think is going to come in or out, but we might discuss that later. And um, yeah, it's it, the toughest days to come when, when, he, when he manages his last game for Liverpool. But that's, that for me should be a celebration, regardless of what happens between now and, and whatever date the Europa League Cup final is, if that's where we're going to get to. Or the FA Cup might be later. No, I don't believe no when the fixtures are. But um yeah, tough Ethical, day, but, a tough day. Epic up would be the last game if yeah. we made both finals. Yeah, so a tough day, but the more you listen to Jurgen Klopp, the more you understand why he's done it. Um, you hold nothing against him, I don't think. I don't think anyone should. And um, yeah, it's time to go to war for four months for Jurgen Klopp. That's how it is. 
Mm. Kev, I mean, the one the if you look at Klopp, Klopp's last press conference and his first press conference, there's two things he said of uh, I, I quite like. One is he uh, he did stick up for the club in terms of he dispelled some. Well, he basically bodied Jose Enrique, which I'm all for because I've never known such a journeyman mm. Liverpool player who was bang average gets so much traction time and know very little. So quite quite enjoyed that. And I always remember in his first interview, he always said the most important thing about a manager, along the lines of, it's not what they think about you when you get in, it's what they think about you when you leave. And if you look at what Liverpool were when he took over to the squad he's leaving now, he's leaving Liverpool in a much healthier position where you're going like, whoever comes into Liverpool, it's like they've got to do a mass rebuild. It's tweaking they've got to do. This is it. I mean, when you... you you um you had it today an awful lot with people comparing what it was like when Ferguson left uh, Manchester United, and when Fergie won that last league title and he left Manchester United for good, he rinsed the last sinew of everything out of that squad, mm. and he gave it to David Moyes and said, "Here you go, enjoy." That squad was wrecked. It was old. It was decrepit. It was it was broken. It needed a massive rebuild. This squad, like I said in previous shows this week, the average age of this squad is under 26 years of age. Klopp has known since November that um, he was going. Despite that, look at the amount of kids he's been playing. Look at the amount of kids he's been given time and play, debuts to. And no, no bother to him. It would be very easy for him to be selfish at this time and think, right, I'm going to try to win every single thing I can and I'm going to flog these players until I until I get it. But he isn't. He's using more. He's made more changes, I think, than anyone else this season. He's used more players than most other managers. And look at where we are. Um, he went through it himself. He talked about you've got the brand new training centre, the two new stands, the infrastructure behind the scenes at the club is strong. <laughs> Yet the him and the coaching staff are going. But the infrastructure that's been built over the last eight and a half years is still there. The recruitment team that's there now is probably still going to be there. But how we move forward from this, you have to ask yourself, are you going to be looking in the summer to replace Jurgen Klopp with, like we often do with players, you'd often say, right, well, we're going to replace this player, but we're going to probably end up having to buy two or three. I honestly think that Klopp was, I think he was being really honest with what he was talking about, the, the scale of the job. It's too much for one person. And you need to get the structure above the manager stroke head coach in place and then let the FSG manage football side and a director of football appoint a head coach who's going to implement what, where the club want to go forward for the next two to three years. And I think that's how it's probably going to go forward. But it's only able, we're only able to do that because of the quality and strength that we have from the youth setup right the way through to the first team now. And that's been put in place. It, most managers, when they come into a new job, they're coming in to fix something that's already broken or mm. to take over from a manager who's been fired for poor results. It's not going to be like that. Whoever comes in to take over at Liverpool is coming in with a squad who who knows which direction it's pulling for, 
and are you set up with players that are contributing to the first team? A healthy-ish budget, an infrastructure that's done. It's literally the whole package is done with a bow. Just whoever they bring in, don't fuck it up. It's literally, here you go. Here, here, here's your brand new toy. Don't fucking break it. You know, it's not like you have to come in and disassemble everything and put it back together in your own image. This club is in a really good, healthy state. And that is in large part, in sole part, really, to the manager and what he's achieved in his time from coming into the club to today. You know, it's in his healthiest position it's been in in the Premier League era. It's never been this good. And it's sickening that he's not physically or mentally right to see this through. Because that's just that's just unfortunate. But when, like Matt said, when you listen to the complete interview of what he said and listen to the press conference from start to finish, you have to take the man at his word. And mm. he wants a life. He's been in football management and football, yeah, for 24 years, from Mainz had, all the way through to Liverpool. And he's had, he's had he's, four months off. He's had four months off in 24 years. Yeah. That's, that's, but the other side of it is he's, he's never seen his kids grow up. You know, he's now a grandfather and he's young enough to be able to enjoy his grandkids. So if that's what he wants to go and do, you know, more power to him because I completely understand it. I completely get it. And, you know, if he's if he's not 100% there, it's only right to, that he, and the right thing, he did the right thing because no one else could do it for him. He was in such a dominant position within the club that nobody at the club could come and tap him on the shoulder and say, Jürgen, you know, it's time. You know, yeah. that was never going to happen. So he was the one who had to make that decision. He was the grown-up in the room, and he made the decision. And he, he made it before it went sideways, rather than let it go sideways. And then you're into a different, a different scenario altogether. And nobody wanted to go down that road. Yeah. I mean, suppose, Matt, I mean, that's probably the one thing that Wenger didn't do, which was probably realise his time was up maybe a bit sooner. And Klopp is right. You know, it's best to leave with people wanting a bit more than is he gone yet. Um, talk about the timing of the announcement because uh, I think that listen, we're all quite raw. It's still, but being philosophical about it, when is when is there a good time to sort of announce this? Because if you do it near the end of the season, does that dis- dis- distract the potential title running? If you do it just before a final, does that take minds of a final? If you do it after all of it, no one gets to say a proper goodbye. It kind of I don't think there's ever a real ideal time to sort of break this news. No, I and mean, what's the ideal time to tell your kids that their dog has to be put down? Just you before. know, like it's it's Just terrible. Before. It's terrible news Jesus to, Christ. to Christ. have to put it across. So Christmas Eve. <laughs> Christmas Eve, yeah. That's <laughs> you do love Christmas, Gav. You do love That's Christmas. Uh, between I, you, I between you and Kevin, over the end of me today. <laughs> I, I just want to go back to something that Gav said because I, I, I have to disagree with your boss. I, I think that Jurgen Klopp is putting himself ahead of the club. And I think after everything he's given us, he 100% gets to make that decision and none of us get to feel salty about it. In that in that 24-minute sit-down interview he did, about 10 minutes or so in, he says, before I get too old, I want to be able to live like a normal life and enjoy my life. And... I don't know if I've said it on another show before, but I lost a guy I worked with over Christmas, New Year's, had a heart attack, 
never got to retire, never got to go see his favorite team play live. And it really sunk in with me of like, you can't just wait around and keep working and putting off till, you know, I'll wait until after retirement to do these things. And, you know, I'll wait and I'll wait and I'll wait because you never know what's going to happen. And that you kind of have to, you know, carpe the DM, smoke them if you got them, do the things that you want to do. You know, if it doesn't bankrupt you and you're in the position to do it, and I think that's the decision that he's making. Like, it sounds like he wants to see his grandkids grow up and be more involved in his children's lives. You know, maybe get to go watch a few of David Wagner's games, you know, reconnect with some of his old friends and enjoy his retirement. And he has completely earned it. It was the biggest thing about this whole thing today that turned it around from being just a total, like, depression spiral is that I have to respect Jurgen Klopp saying – irrespective of where the state of the football team is, is that for me and my family and my situation, it's time for me to go. And that takes a lot. If you've been doing this job for 24 years, if your whole life revolves around this and you feel like you are the most important piece and you could be the glue that's holding the whole organization together, which might prove to be the case, because I think even a Jurgen Klopp at 50% capacity is still the best qualified person to lead this club. You know, if he needed to work half days, I would be totally okay with keeping Jurgen Klopp on working half days. But he's choosing what's best for him. And I, I, I totally, totally respect that because none of us can be upset over having had the last nine years of Jurgen Klopp uh, in our team. But that was the main crux of what I thought about all day today about this whole situation. So I wanted to make sure I got it out before I forgot about it. Uh, in terms of the timing, it's as good as you're going to get. Uh, it's you're handing the keys to a fully fueled sports car, like to use another analogy he used in his interview. You know, he says, I, I'm not the best sports car. I'm a good sports car. I can only go 170, 180 miles per hour. Like, holy shit, <laughs> that's an unbelievable sports car. But his tank's running out of gas. But in terms of the team itself, the club, everything from infrastructure, the academy setups, everything like that is in the best position it's been in in certainly my entire time of being a Liverpool fan. So it's as good a time as any. I think um, I know where you're coming from with regards to he's thinking of himself. I think, and, and I think he's probably putting the club force. It's probably a bit of both, in fairness. Um, he's probably looked and he does want to live a normal life for some part of his life. I know he, he is a, grand, a grandparent and I'm not too sure if his son is still in Liverpool, has gone back to Germany or whatever it might be. Um, and you know what you see if he wants to live a normal life and, and that's coming into his mind and the whole energy and stuff yeah he is thinking of himself of course he is but but the fact that he's turned around and said you know what it's time I need, I, I'm gone because it would be easy for Jurgen Klopp to be losing that energy be losing that drive go through this season get to the end of it and go I'll keep going and next thing you know Three months into next season, we're all over the place. Players are like, you know, what's going on here? This is a repeat of whatever it was three years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm onto my agent here in January. Um, but he doesn't. And I think the timing, I agree with Matt, I think it's as good as you're going to get. And pe- Because immediately when people were like, why is he doing it now? And I was like, well, if he goes to the end of this season and say wins one trophy or two or three or four, wherever it is, and then drops the mic on the force of June and says, I'm out of here. Immediately, the conspiracy theories are going to start with regards to, oh, 
He's obviously had a row with the owners. He's obviously had a row with somebody. He's obviously not getting what he wants. And this would have went on and on and on. And we know this. We see it every day of the week, whether we're in a transfer win. It's already doing the rounds now, and it's absolute bullshit. Because, look, if if today hasn't taught... If today has taught you one thing, and one thing alone, is that nobody, and I mean nobody, knows what's going on inside the walls of Liverpool Football Club. And I promise you that. Right? Because I don't care how fucking leaky you think that club is or how little people knew what was going on right if anyone knew anything this wouldn't be going up in november to now without somebody having a, a, a you know an inkling of it and the fact that people were going around you know over the last weeks two weeks months whatever it might be saying oh i think he extends the word is he extends you know what i mean come on um but i think by him doing it now i think he does it where Liverpool are in a position of strength as a football club, rather than on the back foot, come force to June, right? He does it now. He tells people. He gets the word out. He 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 set out today that why I'm doing it, but I want no more of it now. I'm literally doing a press conference, and then me and my staff and my players, fans, the hierarchy, the owners, wherever it might be, are four months into this, and nobody is distracting us. End of story. It also gives the club if he's told him in November, a chance to maybe change his mind and it's come to a head in the last week or two, but also to look and go, right, he's not going to change his mind. We'll keep this for a little little while longer. Who's his successor? Let's look at it. He said he's having no input or making the decision. I think he will have a bit of an input, but I think the, timing of it, the timing of it for me, the timing's never going to be good on this, but I think by doing it now in a position of strength and where Liverpool are, I think is, is fine because if we were out of the two cup competitions, if we were out of the Europa League and we are seventh in the league and he made this, there would be all out war. But people people can kind of, you know. I, I think if we were, I do wonder is because the season's gone better than probably anyone expected, all apart from that. Um, I do wonder if that's also influences, which is like, I've got to leave it in a better position than I left it last season and this season's yeah. gone probably 10 times better than he even Klopp probably expected. He's going, mm-hmm. actually, this is pretty much where I want it to be. And now I don't need to have to do all the off, off the field stuff that I he clearly can't be asked with anymore. You know, he can't be asked with press conferences. He made, he pretty much bodied the press scenes and I'll, I'll be quite glad not to talk to you a lot again, you know? So I think that's what it is. But in terms of what, ne- so what next? I mean, on the pitch, look, we, we all sort of know what we want, which is as good as much as possible. And you'd like to think, it's going to have the positive effect on, on the teams. But I suppose going next now is, Gav, I think me and Kev were talking, we were saying, like, I think you see a sporting director coming before you see a manager replacement. Because I think that's probably the structure they're going to, to go down to take a bit of pressure for the new manager. And as much as Billy Hogan says the process starts now, I, I think that's a little bit of toffee because I do believe the process started as soon as Jurgen Klopp said, I want to leave. Sorry, was that for me? Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think um, not so much negligent, but you'd have to be asking questions if Jurgen Klopp has told him two months ago that um, he is gone, that Liverpool haven't started making, not making plans, but making tentative inquiries or, or at least looking to um, to see what's available um, and to, to have discussions even amongst themselves. Let's draw up a short list. Let's have a look at this. Um, someone said there... Um, you know, uh, Billy Billy Hogan looked so relaxed today by all this. He didn't seem like he was sitting there and, you know, 
ready to call him into the field position because what the fuck am I going to do to replace this fella? He seemed so calm. It, it seemed, do you know what it looked like? It looked like the two of them were sitting there together going, this is just the next stage in the plan. So the next stage of the plan is for you to come out and do this. The next stage of the plan after that is you go and look after the team. And while you're doing that, we will go after whatever target we feel um, is the one. So it all felt very relaxed. Um, Brian says they're at perfect time and the team is being rebuilt and ready to go for next summer. Best of luck to Jorgen. We won't see his looks again, but hopefully the next man is a good one. And, you know, it's a massive appointment. It is a massive, massive appointment that they have to make. And I said it today. There's only two things that we should be worrying about as fans now. Is one, getting going to war for Jorgen Klopp until whatever day, 25th of May, I think is the last day of the season for the FA Cup. Um, going to war for Jorgen Klopp and then trusting the process that Jurgen Klopp will be involved in, along with Billy Hogan and um, all the other boys, uh, Mike Gordon, etc. Trusting the process that we bring somebody in. And if it's somebody you think, yay, great, brilliant. If it's somebody you think, oh, wow, patience. It's all about patience. It's all about having a head, your head screwed on here going, have to remember, this is not going to be easy. For anyone, and I mean anyone, to take this job. I include Pep Guardiola if he went and turned around and said, I want to manage Liverpool from June the 1st. Every manager on the planet will want this job. And I mean every one of them. There's no one out there that wouldn't, right? But you have to have patience. And you have to you have to get away from if something goes wrong early next season. Oh, look at this fella's not up to it. You know, we 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 don't know what clock. And we're doing coming. it. We we do yeah. We be doing it with somebody else, but with a much better squad, a much better base, as Kev said, uh, and and Matt, I think a much better infrastructure. Um, everything about the club is sat there, and it's where Jurgen Club wants to be to hand it over to somebody and go. It's yours now. You have everything at your disposal. I, we, they've cleared out his, his backroom team, so we're giving you free reign at that. And I think that's a really good move, by the way. Um, yeah. And and I just think, I just think. It's, it's it's not going to be easy. And especially when we get to the back end of the season, it's not going to be easy. But if you just screw your head on and keep calm and go after everything we can in the next four months, I think a lot of it will take care of itself. Good. Red Steve said, can you pay attention next time, Gav? Um, but while you're doing that... I didn't hear uh, you mention my name, sorry, when you started the sentence. And I thought <laughs> I'd answered last, so I thought it wasn't my turn. Ah, well, so I know you like it. Tell Red Steve to go fuck himself, if you see it. <laughs> well, while we're doing that, we'll talk about our charity partners where we're going to raise, I'll get the phrase right, €10,000. Because mm. Kev said £10 million last time. I don't know where he got that from. £10 million. Uh, Yeah, Must Kev be talking literally, was he? <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell <laughs> the truth. Know. It was a show you, us three were on, and one, one of us said £10 million. I'm pretty certain it was you. Anyway, uh, so we're raising 10, we're raising 10 k which we're going to split between uh, the Lighthouse and... Uh, food bank fans for food banks in Liverpool and Lighthouse is a Dublin charity, which uh, Dublin City Centre, Gav, what it's based? Yeah, Dublin City Centre. Yeah, they look they look after um, look after the people that are struggling to make ends meet. Um, and they have a cafe there that opens as many hours as possible, as many hours as the volunteers can open it. And when it's open, like last week when there was storms in Ireland, it opened and it was providing, you know, um hot food for people, changes of clothes for people, just somewhere for people to go in and chat, you know what I mean? Because when storms like that happen and stuff like that, people can be quite lonely sitting at home on their own and, and it's just a, it's a meeting place for these people. So that's what the lighthouse is in Dublin, yeah. Yeah, and 
you know, fans of food, sporting food banks, it's the Liverpool branch. But I mean, the food banks are everywhere. And unfortunately, mm. it's it's a, a necessary evil these days. Of the world is, you know, people unfortunately can't afford to eat. So uh, the idea is, when we get to ten k, we're going to split it between the two charities. Mm. And our other sponsor is uh, Football Prizes. What's the latest? Football offer Prizes. Yeah, the latest, the latest um, offering from them is in the description, and it's all about Liverpool forwards. I think there's 333 tickets for this. I think it's about 395. I have it on my phone, but I'm doing it from memory. But the link is there. And the main one of those is a custom uh, signed and framed Cody Gakbo jersey. So um, that's a nice one. Um, like I said, these sell out quick. We do one a week. Well, we don't. Football prizes do one a week, and we help support them. Um, but they do one a week, and literally they sell out. Every single week they sell out. Because... Um, one the quality of the stuff they give is amazing all the stuff has the certificate of authentication and then um, they come they're custom framed they're signed some have led lights built in some have tvs built into them and then there's loads of instant prizes you can win as part of the draw as well so uh, check out footballprizes.co.uk or in the description you'll find the link to donate if you want to donate to share if you want to share or to buy a ticket for football prizes the link is in there as well okay okay right Matt and Kev, because you've been sat there quietly and Kev still thinking about his £10 million mistake. Um, let's talk about the potential options, because quite frankly, I, I, I'm not mentally ready to talk about these yet. So I'm going to give you two the delights of talking through the options. What I will say is, where I feel this is different to when we replaced Brenda Rogers is there were two clear top quality options, which was Carlo Ancelotti, and Jurgen Klopp. One was an elite manager, one was the up-and-coming elite manager who had, I think, had 300 games with Dortmund and Carlo Zotti's CV speaks for himself. If we're honest now, every option we could go through, I'll give you some of the names that are being mentioned at the moment according to the bookies. Every one of them, I would say, has pros and risks. There isn't one where I thought it was one that you could go, oh, wow, yes, that's, that's the one. So we'll start from the top and then I'll let you guys decipher once I give you the list. So, uh, favorite is Xavi, Xavi Alonso, ex Liverpool player, Champions League winner. Currently has managed sixty three top flight games for uh, Leverkusen mm-hmm. so, at the moment. Uh, Pep Linders is second. Uh, Roberto De Zerbi, Steven Gerrard, Nagelsmann. Which, by the way, if we sign Nagelsmann, I might have to go and jump out the window. And uh, Post- Postecoglou, who, if we're allergic to cups, who would be a good option. Uh, and then I think Kev, there's two I mentioned to you in, in the chat. There was um, the Benfica manager and the sporting manager were also two names that have been sort of muted. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Javi Alonso at the minute is uh, two to one on favourite. Um, looking at the best odds you can get on Javi Alonso at the minute is six to four on. Then you look at it, uh, Roberto De Zerbi is 17 to two, Pep Linders 10 to one, Steven Gerrard 20 to one. Julian Nagelsmann is fourteen to one. Uh, Luis Enrique twenty-five to one. Look, at the end of the day, nobody's going to know. Billy Hogan didn't even tell his son that Jurgen Klopp was going. All right, so nobody knows nothing. And Chabi Alonso is, is probably the highest risk, but potentially the highest reward out mm. of all of it. He started off at um, Real Sociedad B. And in two years, he got them to he got them promoted, but they were in a. If you know what's the way Spanish football works, 
B sides aren't allowed to get promoted to the top division. Yes, but he got he got them promoted uh, without going up. Then he took over Real Sociedad. Then he was pinched to Bayer Leverkusen, and we all see what he's doing at Bayer Leverkusen now. He's playing a revolutionary style of football with players who are all playing above themselves. They're three points ahead of Bayern Munich at the top of the Bundesliga. Whether they want to win it or not, I don't know. Here's the thing. You're going to get an awful lot of people talking about, we have to get a manager who knows how to get over the line. Here's the thing. Out of all of the main leagues in Europe, every major league has one dominant club that wins pretty much more often than not. There's only so many, so much silverware that can be won in any one year. So, unless you're going to target Carlo Ancelotti, Pep Guardiola, whoever the less flavor of the month is at PSG, some guy from Italy for, who's, run, who's managing Serie A, or someone who's been at Bayern Munich and they're topping and changing managers like they're going out of fashion. Those managers ain't out there anymore. Those ones that you are serial winners that are proven silverware getters, they don't exist. They're very few and far between. The talk around Javi Lonzo would be, you have to look at where he's coming from as a player, who he's worked under, the style of football that he's playing, and can he transmit that style of play to the Premier League with the quality of players that we have available to us? And if the answer to those questions is yes, then you have to convince him to come in and be the guy who comes in after Klopp. Because I don't care who comes in. doesn't matter who it is. It's a poison chalice. It's, you know, it's after the Lord Mayor's show. If it goes well, you've made your managerial career for the rest of your days. If it goes badly, well, what did you expect? You know, he's only been in management for five minutes. What were you thinking? Yeah. You know? um, I mean, the one line I do like about Xavi Alonso, um, that hasn't been said today, it's an old quote that's cool, which is, he said, uh, he sees management as not as big ideas and big revolutions. It's all about connections with people. Which I thought that's a very Jurgen Klopp way of thinking. It is also about there is still tactics in it and all that, but I think the best managers now seem to have that human connection. They're not they're not the old days of Mourinho and Benitez where it was just you know robots do as I say. Uh, Matt, so where are you? Where are you sort of those options? You know, I know you're a big junior Nagelsmann <sighs> fan. Ugh. Yeah, I mean. I can't profess to have watched maybe more than an hour's worth of Leverkusen this year. Cause I think for the most part in the Europa league, they've been matched up the same time that we've been playing. And when Liverpool plays, I only watch Liverpool play sort of thing. So I can't profess to, you know, love the style of football he plays. I couldn't tell you the style of football he plays. The fact that he's the lead candidate, you know, in terms of the bookies odds. Three, three at the back. I'm on board. hundred percent on board, baby. The fucking the committee is starting back up again. We've now got Kev as honorary co-chair. This is great. We're going three at the back. Um, but out of the names that you Shut listed the on down, there, Kev. <laughs> I, I, I'll say the one name on there who not today when the news broke for real, but in the past when we've had to have discussions about, you know what happens after Klopp or when we were going through the tricky spells in the COVID season and two years ago or 
pardon me, last season, when you got absolute morons on the internet saying, you know, is it time for Klopp to get the sack? And it's like, who the hell do you replace him with? The person that I thought would be the most sensible replacement for Jurgen Klopp afterwards for continuity and simply just to take a bullet. Because the first person coming in after Klopp, the odds of them succeeding are pretty friggin' low because the boots are so big, would have been Pep Winders. Knows the team. He might not be that man manager. You get him through a season or so. You know, maybe you don't win anything. You're not going to get relegated. You give him the bullet after a year. You clean the slate and you carry on from there. But seeing that he's going to move on and he wants to restart his career and it kind of came up, I think, I don't know if it was in the interview or in the press conference, kind of the question about it. And it doesn't seem that that's the direction it's going to go in. So I take him off that list. Um, I have two other left field names, neither of whom were on that list that I think really deserve, actually three, that should get a talk around about it. Because I think Nagelsmann, he he had his moment in the sun and he blew it. So I don't even think that's worth considering. But uh, the first he's one... Also, he's also a gobshite, which doesn't help. Yeah. Proven winner, experienced manager, so he's not going to bring revolutionary new ideas. He's won everything you can win in football. He's available. Bill Belichick. We could go get <laughs> I'm getting ah shit. I'm getting my sports confused. I'm getting my sports confused. Uh, but in all seriousness, I think that there's one manager that I could pick out of all of world football to take over for Liverpool. It's Unai Emery. I just watched Aston Villa play what today? Yeah. The way that he plays, it's the same rough sort of formation. He plays with a 4-3-3, and you look at his squad compared to our squad, and with the exception of maybe Douglas Louise at the six, maybe John McGinn if he's having a particularly good day, we are better than them man for man in every single position on that pitch. And I can see the way that he coaches his team translating very well to the way that our squad has been coached for the last few years. He's won European trophies. Yeah, he's not won leagues, but he always plays for a lesser team. Or did he win when he was at PSG? He might even have won when he was at PSG. Everybody won in there at PSG. Uh, I, I think that would be the best one. And then, because I know you're going to Gab, I would love to know what are the odds on Tommy Tuchel? No, <laughs> no come on, Gab. No, Gab hates Tommy Tuchel. I fucking hate Thomas Tuchel. I absolutely fucking hate him. He's an absolute spoofer. Right, um, and read that list to me again. That list here. Oh, hang on, let me get off screen. Um, Xavi Alonso, it's favourite. We'll get back to him. Yeah. Pep Lenders. Never happen. No. Pep no, Lenders has left, will be leaving the football club to pursue his own manager career. They are not going to say that and then give Pep Lenders the, 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 the job. I think they're just throwing a load of names in there because he have not got a brace. But anyway, oh, yeah. who, who else is on it? Deserby. I think he's. I think he's best mates with Pep Guardiola, and I think he. He. I think he might either see your job when Pep goes. Okay. Uh, Genuinely, Steven Gerrard. No, I don't even know no. how he's made the list. Nagelsmann. No. No. I can't say it without laughing. Postecoglou. Postecoglou, like what in the name of fucking Jesus is he doing on the list? Like, and honestly. There's two lads like, from uh, like this. This no, this, this is well. this, look. Come here and I tell you. Forget who the who you're following. Like forget who he's follow who's following him and stuff like that. This Ange Postecoglou was at Spurs six months, right? 
He's asked for six months. He's proven nothing. Right? Absolutely nothing to anybody. Let's be honest. Stephen Kenny? Apparently he's available. <laughs> Stephen Kenny's available, yeah. <laughs> Where's my fucking cans? Antoine goes, says, told you Gav hates everyone. I don't hate everyone. I just, I just no. think, like, don't get me wrong. I said it earlier. Every manager on the planet will want this job, right? If you go to any of them, they'll all, they'll all say, yeah. I'll, if I'm not, if I'm not working, I definitely want it. And the club I'm probably at, I would swap to go to Liverpool. And the reason being is because they've seen what Klopp has done, but not only that, they've seen what a football club can do to their manager, can can make their manager, can get so close to the manager and make him become literally, you know, one of them, right? doesn't happen an awful lot of football clubs it really really doesn't and when i look at when i look at that list right i think i think the argument over over a sporting slash football director of football is a, is a good show and i'm gonna throw it out there if you're bringing money in i think you go and you get ralph ranick right yeah i genuinely right. think ralph ranick is a is a, an exceptional football brain and i think as an as an older man to come in and oversee what he he, sh- he should have probably been let let be done uh, or allowed to do. Sorry, at, at Manchester United, I think he is an exceptional um, uh, candidate for a director of football slash football and director, whatever they call them nowadays. And it's going to be hard for anyone that comes in, right? But I genuinely think the one that does make the most sense is Xavi Alonso. Because I think he may have the most open football mind of them all. And for reasons, the reason being is, is because he hasn't gone through years and years and years of, you know, like a Mourinho has or a Spalletti has or an Nzaghi to a lesser extent or, or Ange Postacoglu or, you know, he hasn't stamped his way of playing the way these lads have. And I don't think that's a negative in this case. Because I think if you brought somebody in like, let's say a Thomas Tuchel, right? Let's just say for him's sake, Thomas Tuchel. He has his own way. He has his own players he wants. He also has he also has form for going in, uprooting a load of players and, and quietly fucking wrecking dressing rooms over a couple of years and then he's out the door. He's done it. He's done it at PSG. I think he's done it at Chelsea and we'll see how he gets on. Where is he now, Born? Yeah, we'll see how he gets well, on there. He's trying, well, he's trying to sell half the buying things. He said he's told half of them the shit. Yeah, so, well, there you go, right? Um, so, I actually think, out of that list, Xavi Alonso makes the most sense. And that's not me going, oh, wasn't Xavi Alonso a great pass for the football? No. I don't give a fuck if Xavi Alonso could pass at five yards or 105 yards. I think he's done really well at Leverkusen. I think he has the most open mind with regards to being flexible and being able to go in there and go, these are all fucking great players, right? He might play three at the back at Leverkusen, but I don't need to hear or play four at the back, or whatever it might be. And he would adapt himself quicker to somebody, in my opinion, than coming in like a Nagelsmann or a Tuchel or whoever, going, no, I have a certain way of playing. I've never liked that fella. I've never liked that fella. I've never liked that fella. And I think marrying that with a director of football and Javi Alonso right now, to me, makes an awful lot of sense. An awful lot of sense. And and people will say it's a big risk. Yeah, it is. But I'm, I've... Shawnee lost in the doors... Javi Alonso and me and Charlie Lawson follow every day about football 
Every fucking day we fall out about something. We argue over something. I call him names, he calls me names, and then we move on. And we're waiting for the next argument the following day. But Shawnee Lawson like has been sounds like me, Kev. Yeah, Shawnee Lawson has been banging on about Xavi Alonso, right? Because he he does watch an awful lot of Leverkusen because of Xavi Alonso, and he said, "I think, in my opinion, and I haven't watched any of them, so he said, I think, in, in his opinion, he's going to be an elite manager, and if he doesn't manage Liverpool, he'll be Real Madrid manager, and that's where he rates." That's- that's and, my fear. Yeah. That's the fear with Alonso is. And I, 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 I genuinely think we. This is different to Rogers. We needed someone. We needed a Messiah when Rogers was gone. We needed an absolute person that took that club and just took took it in the palm of their hand and said, "Right, we're going back to where we need to go back to." We don't need that now. We are a club so healthy in position where where it's playing staff staff like infrastructure the fan base the the highest they're on the backing the, the, the optimism we need someone to come in now and just garner all that and actually improve their own career by using all of this that's around them and I think the freshest of starts is probably the best of starts and I would I would argue on Javi Alonso very very heavily in this race having said that I don't really care at the moment all I care about is getting as many wins on the board between now and the end of May for Jurgen Klopp. Bingo. That's where I am. 99 points. I mean, the, the ideal, Kev, is Klopp's our modern-day Shankly and the next guy's our modern-day Paisley. I mean, that's the ideal. We'll be, Kev, you, you, me and Matt will be sort of for post-matches for 10 years and we'll be, we'll be quite happy. But, you know, I'm not always sure life works out that way. So, I mean, I've got about 10 minutes before we... Um, before we let everyone go, because uh, Gav's told me. Before, 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 you ju- before you jump, there's oh. a video around of Jose Mourinho talking about Javi Alonso and his potential as a manager. If you haven't seen it, go and dig it out. It's brilliant. And he, Jose is absolutely spot on in what he's talking about. Look at his playing career. His father was a, a player and manager. His uncle, ma- uh, player. He was He's literally born into football. He was a brilliant player in his own right. Played under Benitez at Liverpool. Ancelotti and Mourinho... At Real Madrid, at Bayern Munich, he played under Pep. If you're not a sponge and can't take in from those coaches and managers in your playing career, then something's wrong with you in many, many ways. And I don't think I think he's an absolute sponge. I think he's taken the best and worst of what those managers and coaches have done in his entire playing career. And he's showing it on the pitch at Bayer Leverkusen with a side who had absolutely no rights to be where they are with the players that they have available to him. Two or three very good players. The rest of them you'd look at and you'd say, yeah, you're middle of the road. You'd, some of them are journeymen. You know, some of them are up and coming. I, I think he's a no-brainer personally because the fear is that you get him, you bring him in, he's an absolute success, Real Madrid come and pinch him. That could happen, but he's been an absolute success. The other but side Kev, of it, he, he goes to Real in, Madrid and he's an absolute success at Real and Madrid. You never you're get never him. getting him. But the thing you're is, uh, the thing is here for me is, if Javi Alonso comes in, and I don't know if Javi Alonso come in, and at the end of the day, right, whoever comes in, I I will go, I will be up here high or kind of oh, I'm not too sure on this fella. But then once the ball goes, we kick. I'll support him, right? Unless, unless it's not fucking... Unless it's not fucking... Unless it's 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 fucking... Unless it's
right? Or Simeon, oh, yeah. yeah, one of the. But what I'm saying is, is that if he comes into Liverpool, like, let's be honest about it. When Jurgen Klopp went into Liverpool in 2015, we all probably in the back of our minds thought, if he does well here, Real Madrid will come and take him. Yeah. Right. And they yeah. never got a sniff of him. I, cu- I still couldn't believe we got They've him. never got a sniff of him Genuinely. because, and this is why I think you do Alonso, right? And for the reason I've said before, but Javi Alonso may want to manage Real Madrid one day. But I promise you, if Javi Alonso comes into Liverpool in 2024 and he's a, as successful as Jurgen Klopp has been or close to it, he'll never want to leave the club. I'm telling you, he'll never want to leave the club because why? The grass is not always greener and all that stuff. But he's genuinely looking going, I have everything I could ever want here. Everything I could ever want. And you can argue over, do, do, do we spend enough? Do we do this enough? He'd be literally walking around like the fucking king of Liverpool, the city of Liverpool. Genuinely. And that's what makes the job special. That's what makes Klopp come in and four years in, Champions League, five years in, title. He could have he could have walked. Real Madrid had come in and he could have walked, but he didn't. And Real Madrid never even bothered because I'd say if they even approached anyone, they would have went, you're not a hope of getting him out there. He thinks he's at the best football club in the world. And the fact that we've cleared, or we're going to, the fact that the manager and his staff are leaving is making, I think they're trying to make the, the changeover as seamless as possible, i.e. Alonso comes in, with his assistant and his whatever, three or four lads, and they literally go, listen, that bubble fits in there, and let this bigger bubble outside will throw you everything you absolutely need to make this work. And that's where I think Liverpool and I think Klopp and I think his backroom staff, who I think have to take an awful lot of credit if they are leaving the club with him, I think they take a huge amount of credit because they are on improved money till 2026. And they're moving aside to say, yeah, for the better of the club, I'm not going to cause any hassle here. I'm not going to say I'm sticking around. I'm going. We're going to pull aside here, and we're going to let the next team drive straight into our parking spot, and 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 let them keep running, and let's make it where they hit the ground running rather than being a hindrance to them in any sort of way. And it just makes more and more sense, Alonso. The more you think of it, but I'm not telling you for a second that Xavi Alonso will definitely be Liverpool manager right now. I think he's the most sensible option for multiple reasons. Good. Okay, Kev, before we go, what's your favourite Jurgen Klopp moment? Um, Matt, Matt, you can think of your answer as well. I, if it's look, not, and if it's not in telling Paul Tierney he, he, he's a fucking plum, then I don't know what's wrong with you. That's not even Klopp. <laughs> there's, there's so many, but I think the, the first game against Spurs, because of what went on beforehand with um, everything with Brendan Rodgers. And you saw the spiral of how things were getting out of control. From the very first game, you saw that he's got an idea of how he wants to play and we're going to go on a journey with this guy. I I keep saying it. I couldn't believe that we got him. He was that... I thought we were... I didn't think that we were able to attain a manager of that calibre then. He was a superstar. He was the up-and-coming superstar of management in world football. And I was convinced that it was Bayern Munich, it was Real Madrid, it was the top, top-tier clubs who were going to be able to spend a fortune were going to get him. And we went and got him. And after the first game, and you saw the way the players just went after Spurs. And 
you just knew that something was going to happen. And yeah, that was, I wouldn't say it's my, my favorite moment, but that is the moment that will stick with me forever. The, you know, that very first game, the, the mentality change in the players. They were like headless chickens, but they gave it everything. And from that day to this, every side that he's put out has given everything. And that's all you can ask as a fan. They've, you can't turn around to a players to a, a side that he under Jurgen Klopp and say, yeah, they jacked it in a half time. Yeah, they just couldn't be arsed today. And he just allowed it. That shit never happens. Ever. You wouldn't tolerate it. And the ones that tried to, to, to act the maggot, he binned them off and he didn't give a shit about it. There was a ruthless streak about him that I really liked. And we yeah. saw it early doors with the likes of Sissoko, with the likes of Benteke, with players that just didn't fit, weren't going to work, and he got rid of them and he didn't think twice about it. You know, it was the club comes first. The players, everything else is secondary. The club is first and foremost priority in his mind and it always has been. And today, more so than ever. Cool. Uh, Emmett saying, running on the pitch to hug Allison, the last minute winner against Everton, which is just... Yeah, let's be honest, we'd all do that if we were, full, if we were the manager. That's what we'd all do. Uh, Matt, what moments... I thought you were going to say, if we all had the opportunity to hug Allison, that's what we'd all do. Well, I, mean, right. I, I, I wouldn't mind hugging him either. There's a good shout that if there's going to be a Klopp statue, it should be of that moment of him and Allison jumping together. It'd be kind of reminiscent of, you know, Emlyn Hughes uh, in the statue with Paisley. Uh, for me, it's the it's the 5-4 Norwich. I just, there's something about that game. It's just, it, it, it will always be one of my absolute favorites. Uh, I see a lot of people saying Barcelona. For me, Klopp doesn't come through as much in Barcelona as just, the club and the players and the supporters do when you watch the videos from it, like he's not super front and center of a lot of the videos. You see a lot of the fans and you just get the feeling of the club, but the five core, it's just pure madness. Like you said, you're never out of any game whatsoever. And anytime you catch a straight forearm from Christian Benteke and get your glasses broken, it's always something worth remembering. Yeah. Welcome to you, Gav. That's the, the two that stick in my head. One was where I thought this guy's different to what we had before was when we got beat by Palace 1-0 and he turned around and the press conference went, well, I thought it was on my own because all you lot left. I went, if you lot stayed and watched, you might, you know, we might win something. I thought, oh, no one takes the no one takes the downfield crowd on, ever. I thought, oh, I like this. This is this is something different. This is, it's ballsy because it could have, there's a sliding doors one where that goes completely tits up in the alternative. I thought, all right, okay. This is this is backing yourself. This is someone who's comfortable in his own skin. Uh, and then there's the Dortmund win, which is where he's admitted when he stands and watches the team's training, he just looks in case he's like someone limping or anything like that. He said, I don't do it for intimidation fact that he goes, apart from when we played Dortmund, I kind of felt we needed that. He said, and I knew all those players and, and I knew that that would freak him out. And I quite like that about him. There's... Um... The, the, the one oh, against Everton, oh, the cats, cats here, fuck me. <laughs> if there's a dog anywhere in the vicinity, fucking hell, anything could happen here. Um, Dean Murray says the six minutes after the Champions League final where the camera fo focuses solely on Jorgen, the absolute raw emotion, is that is amazing. The one against mm -hmm. Everton running on the pitch is fantastic because anything to annoy them is just amazing gear. Um, Matt robbed one of them on me in, in Norwich. 
Um, there's just been so many. He, I think he is there at the time of the seventy-seven pound ticket walkout, and during he's not that on the week, ground. He gets a as Neil Axelrod right, but he he develops appendicitis and doesn't. He's not at the game. He's he there. He had appendicitis. He had appendicitis. So yeah, he, but, he I, but, but it, it's not actually at the game. I think it might be the week leading up to when someone went, there's loads of people going to walk out over these £77. And he went, yeah, they're probably right. You know, they're probably right. They're putting the prices up. You know, and, he, and I was like, fucking hell, yeah, I'll have a bit of this. Um, the moments are just endless for me. And it's not the big, it's not, there's big ones and there's, there's smaller ones, there's more subtle ones. But I think the one that stands out for me um, and I actually only seen it again today, and and it kind of, it's probably the one bit today where I thought, yeah, this is gonna be fucking hard. I probably nailed it home. Is when we win the league, and he does the interview on Sky, and he's oh, crying into a camera while he's telling Kenny Dalglish it's for him. Um, that is, that's everything about Jurgen Klopp. He's winning the first league title in thirty years, and he's telling Kenny Dalglish it's for him, and he's telling Steven Gerrard it's for him, and he's telling. The, the fans that have waited for so long, it's for them. And he's literally, he could literally sit there and be as smarmy as anything and take all the adulation as the manager that's, that finally brought the league title home for the first time in 30 years, and he doesn't. He sits there and he basically takes it all away from himself and tries to give it back to everybody else. Um, and that's probably the moment that'll stick with me because I think it just personifies Jurgen Klopp. It really does. You see his love for the club. You see his love for the history of the club. You see his... You, you, you know he feels what the fans are feeling. And he makes he makes that interview and the success around two other guys. Well, one other guy in Kenny Daglish on the screen and, and Stephen Jarrett. And, um, yeah, that's probably the moment. On pitch, loads of them. After games, loads of them. But that one there... It's it's phenomenal from it's absolutely phenomenal from him. And you know what, Jordan Henderson isn't far off him that night. And I think when you watch both of them, I think it typifies what Jurgen Klopp had developed at this football club. Uh, they didn't they didn't use and he didn't ever want to use the length of time that Liverpool haven't won a title as you know a monkey on their back. He, he wanted it to use in, in make it inspire you, and you see when it happens, how emotional the two of them are. But he sits there and he makes it about, he tells Kenny Daglish, this one is for you. That's that's a joke, how good how good a person you are and how um, in that moment he's he's doing things for others. Yeah, that's mine. Cool. Right, it's 11 o'clock. Uh, well, it's two minutes after 11, so Gab's fuming, so I'm going to get a five for this. Absolutely fuming. <laughs> I'm gonna get a five for this. No, I'm just tired. I'm being honest. I'm be, I'm just tired. I I was, I, I got about four hours sleep last night. Today, well done, Gav. Look What's at you that? getting on Irish oh, radio. Oh, I, I was on the radio and everything. Yeah, uh, <laughs> funny story. On. But no, listen, literally, lads, I got four hours sleep. I woke up. I luckily I done a meeting over the phone, and um, because my eyes were literally rolling in my head, and I got off, and this happened, and then it just went off, but. And then I got a random text off somebody going, thanks for agreeing to come on to talk to us about this. And I was like, what is going on? Who is this? So I had to look up the person. Turns out they were from RTE, um, Irish Radio. And yeah, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, comment on it and stuff uh, like that. No, 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 no. Don't downplay it. RTE Radio News at One is 
the most is the no. most listened to. I didn't know where it was on, Kev. I got, I got a line. I knew it was RT. But it was I RT Radio it was One. News on. at, it was News at One. Yeah. It was national radio. Yeah. And the first person they call is Talking Cop. That's mm-hmm. that's some of the Who'd they call after, Kev? Who'd they call after? They fucking called me, didn't they? No, they <laughs> called Ray Houghton after. They called Ray Houghton. Yeah, they called Ray Houghton. Yeah, yeah, they got Ray Houghton on the yeah. bum. He was on second. Uh, but no, I was just, I, I, I'm usually we go to half 11, but I'm just exhausted. I really am exhausted. Yeah. There you go. So on that, on that note then, that's um, breaking news about Jurgen Klopp um, leaving little in the season. So all we can do now is, there's four months to go. Let's make this a special season for the normal one. Until then, danke Herr Klopp. Podcast Network.